Now open your Bible to Acts chapter 1. I've been waiting to say that for quite some time. Acts is a powerful book. I preached it a while back. I preached it in my own power and piety. I didn't know that at the time. I preached it with sincerity. Sincerity. That was good. But I preached it somewhat, maybe mostly, devoid of the power. So let's preach it with some power, huh? All right? More power. That is the new series. It's kind of cool to have a new series at the new year. And so we got through the Christmas series. Now we're on our journey with Jesus uh, through the New Testament. More and more. We're learning more and more this, this year. And God's teaching us more and more. And so more power. That's what we're going to see in Acts. More power. The power of the Holy Spirit, the power of the gospel message, the power of making disciples, and then the power of complete surrender. Those are the things we're going to go after in the next four weeks. I hope you'll come back every week, warm this place up, fill it up, and I'm excited to be teaching from Acts. I hope you read Acts. I hope you read it this week. I'm going to recap some things from Acts 1 through 7, but if you're reading it, it's powerful. Let the Holy Spirit speak and enrich and enlighten and empower you. And that is better than any teaching I'll probably give, okay? Just let the, the Holy Spirit's a better teacher than Steve. Can we all agree? Amen. Maybe so. That's right. That's true. Right? We got to come up with some new words in the church. Can I digress for just a second? Everybody says amen to everything. Amen means may it be so. It is already so. That's truth. That's truth, pastor. Right? We got to come up with some new words. I don't know what we got to come up with, like, preach or truth or whatever, whatever you want to say. You don't have to say the churchy thing. You could say what, what, what's in your mind, right? All right. Good. All right. All right. Perfect. Hallelujah. All right. So here it is. Um, more power, God's power in the church. And in, by way of transition from Luke, we've been in Luke, right? To uh, Acts, which book one, book two. I want to just read the first part of Acts. And just get us into it. Okay, so transition by reading. Everybody okay with that? Okay, let's go. Okay, Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In the first book, the book of? Okay, Luke. Good. All right, you guys got it. O Theophilus, love to meet that guy. I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Until the day when he was taken up, that's the ascension, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit. So I love how these guys write. It's like, well, the ascension came here, but he gave commands here, before the ascension, right? He lived, he died, he did a bunch of stuff right in there, and, and you know, he rose from the dead, and now he's like communicating through the Holy Spirit to the guys some things, and then he ascends. Okay, good. That's the order. All right. He had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. There was 12, remember? And uh, he even sent out 72, remember that too? Okay. All right. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs. Now to present yourself alive to someone after dying is, give me a word for that. One word for that, powerful. 
So it's powerful when somebody's alive. You know, I was at a funeral yesterday. It wasn't open casket. She wasn't there. I was like, if she would have been there, I would have walked up and been like, dude, let's go. I prayed for healing before. I'm praying for healing now. And if God chose to do it, that would have created quite a stir. Right? Because that's the power of God. So when somebody's alive, when they were dead, that's powerful. Do you feel alive today? Maybe you don't. It's okay. Nobody's judging. But if you feel alive today, that's power. Because once I was dead. Once I was blind, now I can see. Once I was dead, now I'm alive. That's powerful. Right. Just to get us started on the power, Jesus rose from the dead, presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days. I love how Luke gives his timelines. And speaking to them about the kingdom of God. So what was Jesus' focus in the last 40 days? Speaking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. If you want to know the message that's preached in that spiritual kingdom, go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. That's the message for the spiritual kingdom. The Sermon on the Mount. That's the passage that Jesus says, in this spiritual kingdom, we live this way. It will really help you right now living in this world to live in a spiritual kingdom. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. He gets a little pushy, right? He's like, hey, 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 don't do this, do this. Okay, all right, I got it. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he talked about in John 14, 15, 16, even 17. The Holy Spirit is my promise to you. It's the promise of God. He's coming. Wait for the promise of the Father. Which he said, Jesus said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water. Baptism is what? The word baptizo is actually the word immersion, right? Or to dip, to immerse. So baptism is actually what? Okay, I should have brought water. Put your hand, I can't put my hand in a water bottle, but if I could, I'd put my hand right in the water bottle and you'd be like, oh, it's immersed, right? Water all around it. Now, what happens with me if I go under the water and I'm immersed in water? All around me, right? What happens if it's all around me and I open my mouth? I drowned. Okay, but besides that, go with the illustration, please. It would go in me too, right? So it's in you, it's all around you, it permeates your being, both in and on. The Holy Spirit, uh, uh, Jesus says the Holy Spirit will clothe you like putting a jacket on, right? So he's going to be outside you, he's going to be inside you, he's going to be Upside down you, he's going to be everywhere. All right. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized, if you want to use the word filled. But filled doesn't quite do it because that's inside. It's inside outside, right? It's permeated. It's everything. That's why I use the word baptized. Immersed with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord... Will you at this time restore the kingdom of God? Kingdom of God? Is that what it says? Kingdom of God? Is that what it says? 
Oh, you guys paying attention. Because if they would have said that, he's like, it's there, it's here, it's here. He didn't say that, did he? No, what did they say? The kingdom of Israel. They got their eyes on the wrong prize. Now, Jesus is concerned about Israel. Trust me, Israel is going to be restored. It's, hap- it's going to happen. The 70th week of, of David, uh, you know, it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. But, 70th week of Daniel. It's going to happen, but uh, the spiritual kingdom is now. And they've got to get their eyes in the wrong place. I wonder, you know, do you ever have questions for Jesus? Come on now. Right? Like, I could so relate to the disciples. Hey, Jesus, i got a lot of questions. Why did you do that? How are you going to do that? Okay? Why in the world is this happening to me, right? we got some questions for Jesus. You know what? Jesus has some answers. And they're good answers. Sometimes you can read them in the Bible. Sometimes you've got to sit and listen and wait. And he'll give it to you. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. The Father has an authority. You know, through submission, Jesus has emptied himself or something. Like, the Father has some authority that Jesus doesn't have. He knows the time and the season that Jesus doesn't know. Jesus says that in another place too. It's okay. Because they're okay with it. Godhead is like, well, we're good. Everything's good. We've, we've surrendered to each other. Verse 8, this is it. Put it up on the screen. But you will receive power. Underline that, circle it, highlight it, draw stars around it. You will, what's the word? Receive. Receive power. You will receive power. So you might not know everything right now. You might not have all the answers to your questions right now. You might not get what God's doing right now. Disciples didn't. They are going to stand stand and stare. God had to send angels like, guys, you can go about your day now. You know, it's like, all right, well. You will receive power. When the Holy Spirit, key, the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the message today, the power of the Holy Spirit has come upon you, in you, on you, around you, upon you, inside, upside, right side, upside down, I don't know, it's it's everywhere, permeated with the Holy Spirit of God. And you will be my witnesses. So why are we filled with the Holy Spirit? Why are we surrendered to him? To be the witnesses of God. Basically, I am, this is going to sound so heretical, but I'm going to say it. Basically, I am Jesus, right? Jesus, you know, he's like stuffed himself inside of me. Here I go. And I'm going to be his witness. Right? I once was dead. Jesus blew the Holy Spirit, his own spirit into me. Now I'm alive. And now he's going to use me to speak for him. That's cool. That feels 
prideful if you're not careful. Remember, it's him, not you. Right? Good. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and, you know, the part that matters to us, the, the ends of the earth. Here we are in Rochester, Minnesota. Was that a twinkle in God's eye when he was saying this? Yeah, he was thinking about us. I can say that with all confidence because his mind is greater than your mind. Yeah, he was thinking about you right now. When he said that, he knew you would be here today. He had you on his mind, and he was like, but, but, I don't have to answer all your questions, but, 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 you will receive power when the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. See, he knew then, that's how powerful God is, that I would be saying that now, and that you could receive that, receive power. Okay. Let's just start with that point. The first point of the message is about receiving, okay? The power of the Holy Spirit, title of the message, this power, the power of the Holy Spirit, is a gift from God. Now, I don't feel like I have to intellectualize it or prove it to you, but I do like to read Scripture, so can we read a few passages? It's kind of fun to read the passages. You know, it's like I've already nailed the point, but can we just like walk through it and just be like, oh, oh yeah, and he said it again, he said it again, he did it again, he did it again. It's like, ding, 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 ding. And I'm not trying to appease your intellect, and I'm not trying to convince you, although I would persuade you, that the Holy Spirit is important and powerful, and that he's a gift from God. Okay, so God is giving you himself. How generous is that? That's, I want to receive that gift. I want, I want to have that. Not, not just the day before, or the day I accepted Christ, or the day I was baptized in the Spirit, not just then, but like I want to, I want to receive that gift now. Today, I want, to keep, I want to keep being receptive to that gift. Okay, so look over at uh, chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost, 10 days of prayer, in, in chapter 1, verse 14, it says, and these were with one accord, they devoted themselves to prayer. What's important? Prayer. What's important? Prayer. What's important? Prayer. What's important? Prayer. What is prayer? If it's so important, could you explain it? Talk to God. And let God talk to you. It's a communication between you and God. Prayer is you talking to God and God talking to you back and forth. And it is not easy sometimes. Because your crazy mind wants to interfere. And Satan and demons, they want to give you ideas that are clever too. But if you quiet yourself, and it's a discipline, it's a practice, and you push those things out and you ask God, honestly, for help to quiet yourself, <laughs> he will speak. You will hear him in the secret place, in the innermost being where he is. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like that. Communication with God's prayer. The Bible says pray without ceasing. 
you can do it while you're doing other things because God doesn't say sit on your rear. Right? He doesn't like idleness. So there's a way to pray without ceasing. If it's in God's word, it's true. There's a way to pray without ceasing in your inner being. No, I don't want to say that, God. Ah, I'm way off track. All right, don't tell God no. I was at a basketball game the other day. I'm not proud of it. It was a close game. When I came into the gym, male high school, all of a sudden my heart was racing. You know? Why? Because I want my team to win. And I'll do anything in my means, including yell at the refs, for my team to win. Right? So we're late in the game. It's been a good game back and forth. And I think we're up by a couple points. The guy charges into one of our players. The guy on the baseline calls a charge. And the guy at half court comes running in. A little discussion. And then the guy goes, it's a block. And if you know anything about basketball, there's a little black line and you can't be inside of that. And so obviously he said he's in the black line. Or he's moving, which he wasn't and he wasn't. So he wasn't within the black It's like... I'm as close as the rest. I was like, this, this is insane, right? So then what did I become? Insane. Like, do you need my glasses? Like, and I have a loud voice, and I'm not proud of it. My wife afterwards said, hey, I thought the old Steve was gone. <laughs> it's like he still comes around every once in a while for a visit. What's the point? During the second half, I acknowledged to the Lord in my spirit, I'm trying to model something for you now, that I was not under his control. And that I needed him to be in control. I acknowledged to the Lord that I wanted to live in the spirit and by the Spirit, that I didn't want to follow my own self-love, the love for myself that says, my son will win, my team will win, I'll be happy. Right? And so, in battling that, in, in, again, it's not a battle, it's in laying that down, I had already surrendered myself to the Lord, right? And then what? I got insane. You're going to have to balance those things. Quieting yourself, feeling completely serene. I said my heart was pounding. In that moment, I was in the gym with tons of people. Ruckus is all get out. That that gym pounds. But I was so serene, so quiet. That's how you walk in the Spirit. That's how you pray without ceasing. And then... If you come back into your own control, if you resurrect your flesh, become that's insane, by the way, but it, it, okay, then 
everything's chaos again. There's a difference. Do you see the difference? Have I painted it for you well? All right, God, I think I've done my job. I, that was not anywhere in the message, so I felt like God was trying to say, hey, this is what it looks like. All right, so back to this. You can pray without ceasing. It's an inner prayer in your inner being, and that's what uh, Michael uh, in this book is, is trying to get us to see. Okay, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, there came to them, I'm in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled, it's the first time I think it's said that, but um, when I go through Acts, I just highlight every time it says the word filled. Filled or full, just, just circle it and just see how much filling there is going on in Acts, okay? So filled the entire house where they were sitting and divided tongues of fire, or as of fire, look like fire, appeared to them, it's probably the Shekinah glory, hey? And appeared to them and rested on each of them. Can you imagine God's glory just Moses is like, show us your glory. Show us, oh, you can't handle it, but I'll, I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock and I'll pass by. You can see my backside. That won't kill you. It'll just make your face glow for a while. Right? Now these guys, what's happening? Boom! Right? Did their face glow for a while? I think it did. I think it did. Uh, matter of fact, if you read through chapter 7, I don't, that was today, right? His face was like an angel. What does an angel look like? How do they describe that? Yeah, right? Wings? Yeah, he had wings in his face. He, he had to glow in some way. or like There had to be something there. Okay, sorry, I digress. Here it is. Verse 4, so important. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages whether intellectual or spiritual, you know, I don't know. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Who is giving them words to speak? The Spirit is. That's powerful. That'll be the second point. But I'll get to that in a second. Come down here to verse 14. But Peter... Standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. Hey, all! Got something to say. Listen up. These guys aren't drunk. You think they are, because they're babbling. But they're not drunk. Here's what's happening. Let me tell you what the Holy Spirit's doing. How did he know what the Holy Spirit was doing? The Holy Spirit was speaking. The Holy Spirit told him what he was doing. That's how he knows. You can't speak for God without hearing from God first. And the Holy Spirit's recording this. He's the writer of Scripture through Luke. Look at verse 17. Verse 16. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So here's what Joel said back then when he prophesied. And now it's coming true. And it's going to come true again. Verse 17. In the last days... We are in the last days. I think people look at that, they're like, yeah, someday it'll be last. We are in the last days. I mean, the church age is the last days. 
So when it started at Pentecost, until Jesus returns, that is the last days. Definition. Last days. And in the last days it shall be. God declares. It shall be would have been enough for me. God declares that's over the top. God declares that I will pour out my spirit, the Holy Spirit, on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters, they shall prophesy. Gender doesn't matter. Man, woman, doesn't matter. God could speak to you and God could speak through you. God uses you. He will, he wants to. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see, dream dreams, even on your male servants and your female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. They'll speak for me. All right, now listen. Gender, male, female, doesn't matter. Not to God. He's going to use you all. Okay? Old or young, we've got a lot of young kids in here. God can speak through them as well as he can speak through you. Maybe better, because they probably listen better than we do. True. That's truth. Right. Old, young, doesn't matter. Age doesn't matter. And then he gets to this. He says, servants. What does he just blow up? Boom! He just blew up status, which the Pharisees were all about, and the Sadducees were all about, and the church people are all about. That's us. Sorry, I just offended all of us. We're churchy. We're religious. We need to stop, right? Because Jesus, boom, blew that all up, right? The Holy Spirit is like, hey, it's not about status. Even servants which we want to be, right? Isn't that what Jesus was? He was a servant. I came to seek and save, to serve the lost. That's what we're supposed to be, servants. So even you guys that are serving, even us, servants of the Lord, he's going to speak in and through us. Then he says this, And I will show you wonders in heavens above and signs on earth below, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. Ooh, can't wait to see this. Sun shall be turned to darkness. I mean, just go read Revelation. It's coming. And the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, which will finish the last days, the great and magnificent day. The last day of the last days is what he's describing here. And it's going to be awesome. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, what's his name? Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, everybody that's going to call on Jesus, the Lord shall be saved. You ever called on the Lord? Yeah. I was reading that book about the sparrows cry out, right? When they don't have something and doesn't God feed them and won't he feed you? Aren't you better than sparrows? And I was like, yeah, I'm better than sparrows. I'm a human. You know what the problem is with that kind of thinking? We're better than, and when we know we're better than, 
then we don't do the thing that we should do. What is unique about the sparrow? Not that he's a sparrow, but that he's crying out. He's desperate. He needs God. See, because we were like, oh, bird, human. I'm awesome. And we forget to cry out. The thing that's unique about the bird is he's desperate for God. And so God shows up. The thing that's unique about us is we don't need God. So guess what? God don't show up. Man, I learned a lot this week, eh? <laughs> Woo! Been a good week. All right, I got to get to a little bit of the outline here. So here it is. The, I told the person doing lyrics, Cheryl, uh, I told her, like, hey, I, I'm punting on the outline. I don't, it is what it is. That's what happens when you spend a whole day after you've got the outline. All right, here it is. So there's two things I wanted to say to you today. There's more from Scripture. I need to be done. One, receive the Holy Spirit, right? It's a gift you have to receive. Just like you receive Jesus, receive the Spirit, receive the Father, receive God Almighty. He wants to give it to you. Just let's put this verse up. Uh, I think it's Acts uh, 2, 32 and 33. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, He has poured out this. The Holy Spirit that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Listen, guys. Point one. I hope you get it. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit from God. I have banged this drum over the last year so many times, it might be getting dull. But I'm telling you, receive the Holy Spirit from God. You're like, the Holy Spirit is God. Yeah, what an awesome gift God gives you himself. Here's one thing about it. In order to receive something, especially if it's going to go inside of you, guess what has to happen? You've got to, be, you've got to consume it. You've got to be empty. Which means some things got to go. Some of the old me, like yelling at refs, still needs to go. And as it goes, what will the Holy Spirit reside? More of me will be filled with the Holy Spirit. So there is still more filling for Steve Diedrich. Evidence. Last week. Right? Because that needs to go so the Holy Spirit can fill that more completely and there can be more power. Is that clear? I'm trying to make it clear. You have something in your life. I got stuff in my life. Like empty more, filled more. Ask more. Ask desperately. Receive freely. Okay. The second thing is speak up. And it's the rest of the thing. I get, you know, so much about Peter and John, and, you know, they got persecuted. They got all these stuff. It's like, speak up. But not just speak up, show up. I wrote it down. I want to say it the way I wrote it down. This, this, is, this is what I want to say. This power shows up in what I say and what I do. The power of the Holy Spirit shows up in you in what you say and what you do. You're like, am I filled with power? Well, what are you saying? What are you doing? I'll tell you whether you're filled with power or not. 
I can see it on people now. I can see it in my own life. I'm not judging anybody. I'm just saying, you could see it. Person comes in, they're blah, blah, blah. blah, blah. Oh, man, they're, they're not filled with the Spirit right now. But God's working on them, and he will, they will be. So much I want to say. I should preach another message on this. Can we just throw this slide up? So what happens when? Because I, I prepared this, and I want, it's a kind of an overview of the, the last chapters. So what happens when people try to stop? you from speaking up and stop the power of God in you. What happens? What happens when people try to stop God? God grows. <laughs> he gets bigger. You could try to stop it, but he's just going to keep growing. What happens when people fake it? You remember the story about Ananias and Sapphira? How much do you sell it for? Oh, really? Why, why were they faking it? Why did they want to have some kind of, we're like Barnabas, we give a lot. Who cares? Right? Yeah, reputation. When we're worried about ourselves and our reputation and our little this or that, instead of rather be focused on God, it gets messy. Really messy. Right, church? So if we see a mess in our church soon, or anytime soon, what can we know? Somebody faking it. Right? Like, it ain't, it ain't working. Right? What happens when people complain? The Hellenist. Hey, our widows aren't getting enough to eat. What did Peter and John and the apostles say? We will not leave the prayer and the preaching. These are the things we must do. Why? Because those are the things where power is at. Receiving the Holy Spirit in prayer and giving communication to God and speaking to others about who God is and what He's doing. Receiving and giving. This is the power of the Holy Spirit. Here and here. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to say some things to you. He wants to say some things through you. That was worth coming for. What happens when people twist the truth? Wasn't that what they did with Stephen? My namesake. My name is Stephen, P-H. The crowned one. <laughs> Stephen was crowned in glory. But he spoke for God to the very end. Look at his last statement. Look at what he says at the very end. You think that book got sharp. Woo! Here we go. He says, verse 48 of chapter 7, And yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands. As the prophet says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. <clears throat> what kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Are we trying to like build a little box for God to fit in? Seems like the Ark of the Covenant. We're done with that. God don't fit in any box. God's in you. You're his temple. This is a spiritual kingdom. We're all stones, and when we come together, he builds up the living stones into a place. That he, the more people here with the Holy Spirit, the more God will reside here. The bigger the building will be. That's how it works in the spiritual kingdom. He says... 
did not my hand make all these things? Didn't God make you? You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, and always you always resist the Holy Spirit. You always resist the Holy Spirit. That's what he says. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Man, those sharp words. <laughs> what do you do when people twist the truth? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Get your eyes up. Get your eyes up on Jesus. So let's get our eyes up on Jesus, okay? Let's sing. Go ahead, come on. Um, let's worship. We're going to do communion together. You might have some things that you want to say in the Lord. Great. We're going to take some time to say those things. And we're going to go home. Our hearts have been filled. Did our hearts not burn within us when we walked with Jesus along the road? Yeah, it did. All week, my heart's been burning because I'm spending time with the Lord. I want to ask you, would you commit to that this week? To spending time with him in his word. But not just in the word. You know what the word is good for? It's good for pointing you to God. Would you just spend some time with God? This is the simplest way, maybe, to get to God. You read it, it's easy. But there is another way. There's God. Right? And it's, it's, this book points you to God. Just the relationship with God. Maybe you just need to get no time with God this week. And just get on your knees and just say, God, are you here? Because if you're here, I want to hear you. I'm desperate like that sparrow to receive something from you. To receive you. Because I want to be a powerful tool. I want to speak for you. But I'm not going to speak until I listen. So what do you have to say? And sit quiet. Thoughts will come in. Get them out. Have a pad of paper if you want. Write them all down. Get them, get them out. Let them go. And then wait. Let them speak. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. The fact that God has a connection with each one of you if you want it. All right? All right. Father God, thank you for this word. It is rich, it is discombobulated, and it is from you. <laughs> may we heed it, and may, us head it, may it head us in the direction that you are leading us. In Jesus' name, amen.